have Selena Roy in today's episode. Hi, Selena, and thank you for joining me today. Hi, Rachel. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited for you and this new venture. Um, I think it's a great series that you're creating, and yeah, I'm, I'm super honored to be here. Thank you're talking you. To you today. Thank you. So, for the listeners. Selena is an Asian working as a structural engineer at Arun.、Mm-hmm. She so she is a graduate member of the Institution of Structural Engineers and the Institution of Civil Engineers, and is currently working towards becoming a chartered with、um, ICA.、Uh, Selena strongly believes in supporting the next generation of engineers, and she's very much involved in outreach activities, and also mentors several university students、um, as a STEM and ICE ambassador. Uh, what an incredible way to give back, honestly, Selena.、Oh, thank I mean, you very much. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely something that I'm, I'm very passionate about. I always think that、um, when you get to a certain stage in your life, it's always important to look back and see how you can support other people,、um, mm-hmm. especially younger, you know, children.、Um, yeah, I mean, STEM in general and engineering, it is so.、Um, There is a lack of diversity within our industry, so、Absolutely. anything that I can do to, you know, help、um, and improve, improve the situation and inspire as many many people that I can,、um, mm-hmm. I'm willing to do so. Nice. Yeah. So I I will come back to you know STEM and diversity in a bit, but but first I just want to ask you, where did this passion for engineering come from for you personally? So for. Personally, for me, the the passion for engineering it has been a progressive development.、Mm-hmm. Um, it started off, I'd say, when I was about eighteen,、um, trying to figure out what I wanted to study at uni、um, and what I wanted to do as a career. I chanced upon this course.、Mm-hmm. So the the course that I studied at university it was called Structural Engineering Architecture. Right. And、um, at that moment, I was like really lost. I wasn't quite sure.、Um, I knew like my、um, sort of generally, I was quite good academically.、Um, I knew I had like you know the maths and science background that would suit、um, mm-hmm. someone in engineering.、Mm-hmm. But、um, as for the subject itself, I wasn't sure.、Um, I knew I had an interest in architecture and buildings. Just growing up, you know, being surrounded by different cultures and different buildings. Yeah. So I kind of put two and two together and and pursued、um, my university course, and I absolutely loved it.、Um, and then throughout that experience too, I got、um, work experience opportunities working at an architecture firm, and also at an engineering consultancy. And then that sort of transpired into me working as a graduate structural engineer. Mm-hmm. Um, and and to my current role as a structural engineer, so I guess the spark started、um, from having found this course, and you know suddenly being really excited, thinking,、yeah. oh, like I found this course info in UCAS, and it sounds super interesting. Like I don't know much about it because I didn't really know any engineers at the time,、mm-hmm. like when I was younger,、um, so I didn't have that contact.、Um, so they slowly, slowly developing what exactly is engineering? What do engineers do? Um, building up on that knowledge, having that work experience, and then you know,、uh, working working as a, a structural engineer myself, and、mm-hmm. um, really, you know, yeah, wow,、uh, I'm developing in my role and and,、yeah. and really appreciating it and, and learning. 
Yeah, I I love how you kind of touch on the fact that, you know, you didn't know many other engineers before, but, you know, just studying the course itself and then finding that passion for it and wanting to learn more about it. I think it's great that you actually fell into this field um, because I think you're so well suited for it. And, you know, you're really um, crushing this game because one thing I forgot to mention earlier was that you did win the Emerging Engineers Award last year, I remember, right? And I think from what I remember, um, you were the only female among the finalists. Is that right? I was, yeah. yeah. There were um, four finalists and I was the only woman. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Guys. I mean, I was like, yes, go on, Selena. Like, <laughs> like you know, and like literally behind my screen. And um, that made me so proud. So again, you know, so congratulations. Um, so I really want to start off by talking about what it is that you do as a structural engineer in your current role. You know, what projects do you get to work on? So if you could just tell me a little bit about that. Sure. Uh, so at the moment, uh, in my role, I am working on a project called the Transpennine Route Upgrade, mm-hmm. or TRU, and that essentially is um, a railway upgrade uh, to the to to the railway line that runs from Leeds to Manchester. Mm-hmm. Um, and in it, I'm currently working on developing a train station program. Um, so there's a train station in Huddersfield which fits along the route right. and um, that needs to be refurbished so it's currently a grade one listed building and there's also a new sort of platform and, and a new roof that's also being designed mm-hmm. so I'm looking at that at the moment and I'm also looking at um, doing some infill works for some bridges along the route too so wow. that's currently what I'm working on that might go you know on top over the head for some of people some yeah. people who are listening to this at the moment like but, me <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe if I break it down to like the typical sort of things that mm. structural engineers do so essentially we work with um, other design professionals such as architects um, geotechnical engineers mechanical engineers basically every every other disciplines that make up designing a building because when you think of a building mm-hmm. um you I think most people generally just think of architecture right like how the building looks or how people walk throughout the building but within all of those finishes and like the the sort of sparkly aesthetic side of buildings there's actually structures that make up those buildings that keep the buildings strong and stable and and prevent it from falling over so things like the floor needs to be designed the walls Mm -hmm. need to be designed um for things like um people walking on top of the buildings or for like environmental conditions like wind or snow so there's a lot of multidisciplinary collaboration that goes into it Mm -hmm. and to actually do the the design process as well um there's a lot of analytical problem solving things that go into it too so there's a lot of computer modeling um a lot of analysis calculations a lot of drawing and sketching, which I love doing as well, right. um, and and general sort of teamwork communication that goes into any any job really. Mm-hmm. Wow, I mean, yeah, I suppose you guys are at the core of making sure that anything that is being constructed is safe and you know um, it's the foundation of the actual architect itself, right? 
exactly yeah. yeah i hope i've done a good job at explaining it because i feel like I no i i really understood it so you know thank you so much i mean that was really really clearly explained so obviously there's so many elements to being a structural engineer it seems you know from I suppose you do need that creative side to it as well as long as well as that analytical side. So would you say you need to be, you know, creative, analytical? Uh, what else do you need to be? I mean, in addition to being a team player? Yeah, exactly. So I think all those skills that you mentioned are an essential part of being a structural engineer. Um, on top of that, uh, I think just standard transferable skills that could be applied to any role, really. Um, mm-hmm. Things like time management and organizational things uh, because whenever you're developing a project you've always you've always got timelines and deadlines to meet right mm-hmm. um that's going to affect uh the other disciplines that's going to affect your clients so those strong transferable skills are definitely essential absolutely um mm-hmm. Other sort of specific skills i'd say um drawings and sketching as well as being having that problem solving and creativity, mm-hmm. I think, which right. we've already touched upon. Um, yeah, those are all really cool skills. Great. So how did you get your foot in the ladder in the real world after graduating? I know you started as a um, graduate structural engineer at Bureau Happold. And before that, even, I remember you going to China to do an internship. Um, how, how, so if you could just explain, you know, after graduating, what were the steps that you took? Or even when you were at university, you know, how was the internship process like? The internship process was um, a great experience, really. I sort of knew going in into uni uh, in year one, really, that to really get the most out of my university experience and to really equip myself for um, being a professional after graduating, that I need to get these work experience. Mm-hmm. So in terms of how it applied to it was um, the standard way, really, like going, trying to find out which engineering companies and firms interest me and uh companies which are producing really interesting projects Mm -hmm. and checking out their vacancy and job website and seeing do they offer work experience um, or internships um, how is that internship process application process like and then doing the application process and going to interviews Mm -hmm. so it was a pretty standard way of of approaching it Mm -hmm. Um, I also tried to make the most out of career fairs so um at a university, uh, every year there was a big sort of like engineering uh, career fair that was advertised where they'd have all sorts of employers coming in to speak to students and to promote themselves and to mm. advertise themselves because they want students from that university to, you know, come into the company. Yeah. So going to career fairs like that, um, making connections with the uh, representatives trying to get information out of them you know you're trying to suss out what the company's like what sort of skills and 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 employees are they looking for what do they value and to you know just get any like tips and tricks Mm -hmm. from them so that you can take that forward into your own application and to your own interview so going through that whole process um like you said I did manage to get two work experiences um whilst I was at uni so Mm -hmm. Like I mentioned, I did a dual degree course. So it was a mixture between structural engineering and architecture. So right. I was really keen to get like experience from both sides because at that point I hadn't quite made up my mind as to which direction I wanted to go into. I see. 
Um, so second year, uh, the China experience that you mentioned, that was actually at an architecture firm. So I interned at a architecture firm called Jaeger and Partner in mm-hmm. Shenzhen in, in, in South China. And that was great. So that was like a, a two months um, work experience where I was helping a, an architect, a project architect, create some uh, section drawings and to do some site investigation. So that was a really great exposure into the architecture side of of the sphere. So if I can just, sorry, I might just disrupt you here, but how was it then obviously in, you know, going to such a different culture from England, you know, you went all the way to China. Was there a different way of working there and how did you kind of fit into that culture as well? Um, In terms of the work culture, I didn't notice that much of a difference okay. because I was kind of under the wing of the project architect that I was working with. Right. Okay. So he was quite involved in my development, um, mm-hmm. and I was able to ask him questions like as I went through the sort of um, exercises that I was going through. Um, so he was there at hand to uh, give me any support that yeah. I needed. That's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't like you were just like thrown into the deep end, you know, you still had that support going to Oh, this, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely, yeah. But uh, the one thing that I would mention that really surprised me was I was working in China was their like nap culture. Oh, really? Um, yeah, like they have this culture where um, after lunchtime or during the lunchtime periods after they've had their lunch, a lot of the staff there would mm-hmm. um, just t- sort of like shut down and they would sit at their desk and just take a nap. Mm-hmm. And it was wow. so normalized. That was <laughs> That's so, like, so good. To me. I was like, yeah. to me, I mean, really I've, cool. I've heard of it like in some Spanish culture, right? Um, but oh, yes, uh, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, exactly. Oh, but that's new to me as well. I'd never known about that happening in like <laughs> the south of China. Wow, okay. Sorry, and then yes, please do continue. <laughs> No, no, that, that is that is a great question though um, about working cultures. Um, the the next summer internship experience that I had was in my third year, so that was at an engineering consultancy um, called Gura Hapold, mm-hmm. where I also spent two two months um, getting some work experience in, and that was a really great experience too. Um, so yeah, definitely I, I, for for anyone of your listeners listening in who are you know, still studying or at university, I would definitely recommend um, you, uh, you know, reaching out and trying to get that work experience because it definitely is very valuable for your own personal and professional development, Mm -hmm. but also when it comes to you um, applying for jobs after graduating because it proves to the employers that this person, you know, really has the skills and experience required to, to make a valuable contribution to the company when they do join it. Right. Yeah, I mean, I've heard from a lot of other people that I've spoken to that they're always, you know, um, advising people in universities to go for that internship and to really take advantage of it. So that's a very good advice. Um, so I we touched on this before slightly and then we talked about, you know, the whole STEM profession and um, the diversity within it. So what are your views um, on women in the STEM profession? Because... Um, I will be cheeky and I, I will say I saw one of your stories just recently um, and I was going through it and it was obviously saying that, you know, in the STEM industry and career, um, it, this career the profession itself um, 
has less than 30% of the world's researchers um, as women, right? Even though the industry itself is experiencing such a rapid growth. I just wanted to ask you, you know, your thoughts on it and why you think this is. I think you're absolutely right. It, it is right that, you know, it, it's not a very gender specific role. Anyone who has the skills that I mentioned, the creativity, the problem solving, mm-hmm. the, um, you know, analytical skills required can really go into a career in engineering. Mm-hmm. I suppose it really starts from a younger age, mm-hmm. you know, trying to encourage both girls and boys to pursue engineering because Absolutely. I've also seen this um, news article which says that like, oh, I may be um, saying the wrong age, but at like age nine or 10 or something, right. girls have already made up their mind that like engineering is really not for them. Mm. And I think that starts from advertising STEM or talking about STEM subjects mm. in, in a role that really makes it inclusive. Yeah. Um, and I think you can do this by, you know, trying to do more. Out- and this is why I'm so passionate about STEM outreach in general, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, showing girls that, you know, there are women in engineering. Um, it's right. not just, you know, like old white men that, that are that can be engineers. It's really diverse and yeah. trying to um, impart that knowledge and that um, that sort of persona of engineering being inclusive to young girls so that they too can think that, you know, mm-hmm. this this is a career and a profession that is inclusive and is open for someone like me. Um, so that's, you know, yeah. girls, young girls, young ethnic minorities, um, and, and all across the spectrum of diversity, you know. Sure. If, you, if it's of interest to you and if you you know, have the aptitude for it, you should totally go for it. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, I think it starts from a young age, trying to inspire young girls to pursue engineering. And even in the field itself, um, I guess it's also a lot about exposure mm-hmm. and network. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think at my grade, someone who's quite a junior engineer um, and, and fairly newish to the profession, I mean, I've only been in the industry for around three years now, um, I think at graduate level or at, uh, sort of like junior level, it's more of an even split between male and female. But right. as you progress on into more sort of senior roles and at leadership, you do see that um, scale balancing more towards men than women. Right. So there, there is um, a, an issue in mm-hmm. the more sort of higher uh, higher levels and I yeah. think the story that you you mentioned earlier it also said that um, statistics say that women are more likely to leave STEM mm. a STEM field due to probably frustrations around professional development etc right. so I'm not sure what the solution is is to that maybe mm. you need a more um, more inclusive and, and impartial impartial way of uh, promoting engineers mm-hmm. to to those higher grades um but yeah something something yeah. to to look into further yeah definitely i mean i can only echo what you just said and you know there's definitely more hurdles for females it seems to um overcome you know these barriers and i think it's it's really down um for everyone to support um females you know be it from both genders to set this right from the very beginning you know like you said by teaching kids that you know one stem is not just for a male and also it's funny because the world we live in (laughs) we know we have like half and half population of 
male and females and mm-hmm. we need um, both of them to be able to find solutions um for problems and i think like only using 50% or majority of them being just one gender doesn't quite solve the total um issues that we have in this world i guess right so no that's a very good point that you've made and i think it's so great to have someone like you obviously representing um women asian women in this field and encouraging other girls as well other females to be in this um profession so thank you so much for that so Selena, I think you're someone who could really be placed into any workplace and, you know, you'd only take a few minutes to absorb everything and you're someone who can adapt straight away and excel in whatever task is, like, pushed your way. And I really um, respect that about you, you know, how you're able to take everything in and deliver very well. Um, I think career progression for you is very important. Um and you know you're I, I definitely know that you're someone who's very much heavy heavily into um growing um as a person as an individual in your career or outside so what else um have you recently been doing that's um you know related to your career or even outside of your career um it would be nice for the listeners maybe to kind of get to know you a little bit more about what you're doing at the moment Oh, well, first of all, thank you for, for your really kind words. Um, really appreciate it. Uh, so generally, in terms of career progression or just personal progression, yeah, I mean, I think as a person or even, you know, people in general, they're always willing, always looking to challenge themselves and mm-hmm. keep, uh, stay engaged, you know, be involved in different things uh, because life is too short, you know, you want to try and dip your toe into as many things as possible mm-hmm. so for me um i guess outside of the work my interests in general are just um i'm trying to read a lot more actually right, at the right. moment i know last year i've set myself the challenge of reading one book every month so 12 books in general i know you yourself are like an avid reader i don't know with your I, rewrite I, yeah I, I do love reading now and then <laughs> Yeah, so I guess I'm trying to take a leaf out of your book, but um, and like read, read more. Um, nice, especially with you know the book club that we've got going on. Yeah. So, doing that on the side, um, I also love dancing. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to you know, before like before I used to when I was in uni, I used to um, be in the uni hip hop dance society, and even before that, like when I was in school, I used to do a lot of dancing but I feel like in more recent years that's something that's kind of gone by the wayside and um I do miss it Mm. like so I'm this year I'm trying to you know spark joy more often and do things um that just you know make me happy for the sake of it so I do want to get back into it and try and learn a few new choreos um throughout the year so Uh, that's something that that is on my list to do this year um and yeah if I could touch back on um the sort of more work side of things as well I am trying to um get more into my Instagram page so I do have an Instagram page where I talk about my work my role as an engineer and trying to you know uh use it as another platform to do some outreach stuff so Mm -hmm. the instagram handle is at selena the engineer um and i'm trying to create more content on it um i'm actually looking to document like my chartership journey as i'm working to it towards the review date on september 2 to you know take 
the people who are um, following me on my Instagram along the journey and hopefully trying to inspire um, other engineers or other uh, university students as well to kind of give them a sneak peek of what this chartership journey is like and what sort of things that they can anticipate when it comes to their time as well um, to get some support uh, on the side too so mm-hmm. few few bits and bobs going on in the background how exciting um yeah and i actually have your instagram page open just now and i will make sure to put the link on the description because i think it's such a great way to you know reach out like you said and i love that you are doing this um you're sharing your journey into getting charted um because i feel like you know, that's such a great way for others to kind of follow your journey. But also, I guess that's also kind of taking accountability, right? Um, so no, absolutely. It's such a great platform to, um, I suppose, share your resources with others as well. And, you know, I'm excited for your journey. And um, I really want to wish you all the best. And I, I am, you know, I'm not going to um, doubt you in any way of you being able to achieve this. So yeah, how exciting. It is. Yeah, thank you. Um, so I feel like we, you know you're we're coming to um, the end of this conversation and it's been so good kind of learning about everything that you do at work and I just want to close off with one question if that's okay with you yeah of course so I want to know what did you want to be when you were a little kid oh I feel like I've heard this question before uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> for the listeners out there uh so when I was a little kid it sounds like taking it back to maybe like my single digit years so maybe when I was before 10 um I used to prance around my house a lot like dressing up in like uh bed sheets or my mom's sari and just pretending to you know like put on performances like yeah. I know um I used to every time I went to you know like family friends or um, even parties like I would always be the first one to you know put on mm-hmm, a dance mm-hmm. performance for everyone so I guess in that way like when I was young I wanted to be a dancer or some sort of performer like mm. maybe even before I knew exactly what that was as a job Right. Um, yeah I guess that, that that is what I would say you know what that's so funny because yeah like I when I met you I, I still remember you like performing dancing you're still the first one to be you know to get on the dance floor so I can really imagine you know that you as a kid kind of yeah putting your mom's like saris on and dressing up and I just feel like that's great and what do you think it is that kind of changed your focus along the way? Um, how did you manage to steer from that direction towards a more like, um, I suppose, um, in traditional terms, like a more educational kind of career route? Yeah, I think if you consider it, like take a step back, it is a more <laughs> traditional career as opposed to a dancer or a performer. Um, I would say it's just growing up and um school and being good at academics and um Mm -hmm. others looking at it um from a more you know more stable stability Mm -hmm. kind of view but I mean I do I do really enjoy my job yeah um there is an opportunity for me to be creative and um speak to a lot of different types of people and it it does you know challenge me and invigorate me so it's it's definitely I think is the right right um a step for me to have taken mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. 
I mean, it's not to say that, you know, I can't dance anymore or I can't, you know, Yeah, exactly. Um, I can still, you know, jump, prance around in my room or um, uh, create, you know, dance covers and upload it up. So that, in a sense, is, you know, still performing or taking dance classes and performing, you know, in front of a dance class. So I think where there's a will there's a way mm-hmm. um you know do whatever it is that um excites you makes you happy um i mean yeah, life's too short you- right so you gotta do what you want to do and enjoy life yeah exactly exactly and if it's um you know a career that offers both uh, a challenge you know mm-hmm. um it stimulates you and it's also a very stable job with a lot of career progressions um i guess it's like the more uh the practical side of me meeting the you know self-fulfilling yeah, yeah. side of me i think it's a good combination Definitely. i'm pretty happy with where i am yeah i mean I think you're, you know, whatever you're doing is amazing. And I think this is such a nice way to kind of round off this episode. Again, thank you so much, Selena, and all the best for, you know, your future endeavors. And um, I hope to kind of talk to you soon, um, maybe in a few years' time again, and catch up with where we are then. And I think that'll be really exciting um, because we never know where we're heading to in the future. So mm-hmm. thank you again um, for sharing your oh, journey you. with us. And um, you've given some great advice. Um, so would you mind if the listeners who were interested, you know, were um, interested in connecting you on LinkedIn just so that they could ask you any questions? Of course, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Feel free to add me on LinkedIn or follow my Instagram profile. Oh, yeah. um, I'd be more than happy to, you know, speak to speak to you guys, anyone who's interested and, you know, discuss it a bit more. Perfect. Help in any way I can. Nice. Thank you so much, Selena. And I suppose that's a wrap for this episode. Bye. Awesome. Thanks very much, Richard. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye.